It was one year ago, and three days, a year and three days ago, I guess you could say, this show had its first episode, so happy one year anniversary, JT. It's been a long year. We've had a lot of episodes this year, and we hope to have many more. That's right, guys. Episode 46. Uh, it's a year anniversary for Out of Bounds Podcasts, and me and Dylan are very excited that you guys have stuck with us so far this year, and we are excited of another year of Out of Bounds recapping the latest news and sports, and bringing more exciting content for this upcoming year. Yes, updating um, some things on our website, updating things on social media, doing some more interactive things, hopefully some more giveaways and stuff this year as well. So looking forward to all of the new things will be rolling out in the coming weeks. And uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy that. Hope you guys keep continuing to listen to our show and also share the show with your friends as well, because we always love having new listeners and uh, always reach out to us for feedback and things like that because we always want to make this show better for you. So, JT, how's your week been going so far? My week's been great, Dylan, especially after my Capitals getting the job done on Monday night Yes, to close out the Blue Jackets. And as I expected, we're going to play the Pittsburgh Penguins in the next round for the third straight year. So. I'm I know still, you're excited about that. I know I got my capture on right now, but yes, you do. Um, hopefully, the, uh, a lot of people have been very op- pessimistic slash optimistic. I can understand why because the Caps history and you know Dylan and I mentioned this in the hockey segment. The, the, every year the Penguins have won the Cup, they've crushed us along the way. Yeah. So hopefully this time it'll be different. But we say that every year and it's the same result. What's that word you like to use? Is it insanity? I think it is. Doing the same thing, but expect different results. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the Caps fans have gone insane, but who knows? We'll see game ones tomorrow. We'll talk about more of the hockey segment. But besides that, Dylan, pretty, pretty busy with Disney and Under Armour, of course, as you know. Um, getting ready to go home to Texas uh, next weekend to visit family. But besides that, everything's been a, a good week, man. How was your week? It was good. It was good. Uh, we beat... The Avalanche on Sunday night, which was fantastic. We won by a score of 5-0, to zero, and I was elated going into the week, so it can't get much better than this. So we have game one against Winnipeg on Friday. We actually have a smash car in front of our arena every year at, uh, for each series. And in this series, we actually have a small plane that is our smash car, quote-unquote, um, so every dollar that goes to the smash car goes to the 365 pediatric foundation for Shea Weber and good old Pecorine and net. So it's a great organization. Check it out online for 365 pediatric foundations, great foundation to contribute to and, uh, trying to eliminate, uh, child cancer essentially. So definitely good to look at that. And I mean, everything else has been going good, just busy and, Hopefully this week will be really, really good, especially with the NFL draft coming along. So let's start with the uh, the news here. So the NFL draft starts tomorrow night, and there are some big names that are going to be popping up in the top five picks. Cleveland has two of the top five picks, and it looks like there was some movement in terms of what draft position they're going to be in, in terms of uh, what player they're going to choose. At first, we were thinking it was going to be Saquon Barkley with the number one pick because they had number four. They could pick a quarterback. 
However, there is a report they might be picking Josh Allen one, number one overall. JT, what more can you tell us about that? Well, this news, Dylan, broke this morning. And for me, Dylan, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. The Cleveland Browns, you know you don't have a good history since you've been back in the league picking quarterbacks at number one. It, it just hasn't worked out. And I really thought, Dylan, they were going to go with uh, Sam Darnold, the quarterback at USC. I really thought that, that was going to be the logical choice. But now they're deciding between Josh Allen, who's kind of rose his stock lately in the combine and everything and improving ratings in the combine and tryouts for the scouts, and deciding between uh, the other quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Of course, the Heisman Trophy winner, had a great career at Oklahoma. And I can understand the upside for both quarterbacks, Dylan, but if I'm the Cleveland Browns, you need to take a position of need with that first pick. And then you have the number four pick right there. The Giants are going to probably pick someone else. The Jets might pick a quarterback, probably Josh Allen or McField, but you get the one who's left over at number four. It just makes more sense. Now, I understand, okay, maybe a team like the Patriots or a team that's kind of in the bottom of the the top ten or whatever is going to try to trade up. That's still a possibility. So I understand Cleveland trying to make their best options. But to me, Dylan, it just to me doesn't make sense. You just go with the position of need, and for me, you need a cornerback. You need a defense to stop uh, the Steelers and the Ravens and the Bengals. Well, at, at that position in the draft, number one overall pick, you don't ne- you don't really even see cornerbacks going at number one overall. Um, I don't even know what the the last time they picked a cornerback one number one overall in the draft, but. There aren't many players out there that are of that caliber for number one overall. I think that if you're looking at uh, the number one overall pick, I believe that you need to be looking at the best player in the draft or the best player on offense in the draft. And I'd have to say that Saquon Barkley from Penn State. I think that he is the best running back in the draft. He is one of the most athletic offensive weapons there is out there. So why not pick him up number one and then at number four, like you said, wait until another quarterback drops down because I think that they can make a, they can make more of a mistake by picking a quarterback number one than picking a leftover quarterback at number four because you look at the quarterbacks that are up on the draft boards. You see Sam Darnold, which his name has dropped down pretty significantly in the past 24 hours, which is very strange. You have Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen. I mean, you have some big names. You have t- five, around five, about five top quarterbacks in the draft this season. So, you know, I I think that Cleveland should wait. I think Cleveland should pick Saquon for number one and then at number four pick up a quarterback because, once again, I think you can make more of a mistake by picking the wrong quarterback at number one than picking the wrong quarterback at number four. I totally agree, Dylan, and we'll see what happens with the draft. Of course, we got the Giants there and the Jets. I think most of us expect they'll take who the best player available or a quarterback. And then you got the Broncos sitting there at five. They'll probably take a quarterback. And then you have the Colts at six. A lot of people think the Colts are going to trade out. Not sure who they're going to trade out with, but they're going to probably trade out. It looks like it might be the Miami Dolphins. As of right now, it looks like that's the best trade partner they're going to be getting because Miami wants a quarterback as well. So I think they're wanting to get in the uh, top six or seven picks this season. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I mean, there it's it's an interesting draft. The way the draft order this year is going to be 
quite intriguing. Um, with 25 is Tennessee Titans, which is our team. It looks like that Harold Landry from Boston College is the number one name that's been popping up on everybody's radar. He's an edge rusher, and I think that would be a great a great position for us to fill early in the draft. I think that's probably one of the the most solid choices to pick. Um, and so the last number one overall pick we well the last number one. Sorry, the last first round pick we had for a defensive end was probably Derek Morgan, if I'm not if I'm mistaken. So, you know, I think that we can find somebody like a Derek Morgan. Um, and Harold Landry is apparently that he's he's a uh, he's a defensive beast. He can uh, definitely get to the quarterback pretty quickly. And so we'll see if he is able to be chosen at 25 if he's not taken earlier in the draft. But um, Titans have pretty much. Inside linebacker and edge rusher is what they're looking for. And so if Harold Landry's still there at 25, then I'd say pick up Harold Landry. Um, and I think that would be a best pick for them. Definitely, Dylan. We'll see how the Titans do. They're going to definitely have a, a lot of options in the draft. So the draft doesn't start so like you mentioned, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and the weekend. So next week on the Out of Bounds podcast, we'll definitely spend a lot of time breaking down the draft seeing what happened, what trades, what what's a surprise pick, what was a pick that maybe could potentially be a bust, and some question marks. So we'll be very excited to break that down next week. But let's make on to some other news, Dylan, that happened today. Des Bryant, we talked about him last week when he got released by the Cowboys. And Des Bryant apparently had an offer from the Baltimore Ravens, a one-year contract from the Ravens, but he decided to turn it down because he says he wants – more money, I guess, guaranteed money for a one-year deal before he becomes a free agent the following season and try to get one last big contract. I think that it is kind of ridiculous for him to turn down a contract at this point. It's pretty quick for him to turn down a contract at this point. I think that with a one-year deal to prove himself with an organization like the Ravens, I think that would have been something good to do or something good to consider at least. Sit on it and have that be leverage for other teams that are coming in to try to get you on their team. So I think that it it was kind of premature the way he did it. I don't think he should have been pulling the contract off the table so quickly, so abruptly. Maybe they're just going to revise their offer. Maybe that's what happened in this situation, but it sounds like he just completely turned it down, which in my mind, I think that it works against him in this point. What do you think, JT? I agree, Dylan. Des Bryant, I'm not sure what he was thinking when he decided to turn this deal down. I mean, it's the Ravens. They have a good offense. I know Joe Flacco's been kind of up and down lately, but the Ravens, to me, are still a decent team that has a chance to make the playoffs. And you decide to turn it down. And the Saints, well, the Ravens also picked up uh, Sneed. He was originally going to go to the Saints. And then because the Saints aren't willing to match, the Ravens end up keeping him. So that might be another reason why maybe he decided to turn it down. But I'm like, Des Bryant, what are you waiting for? What other options are you waiting for? We talked about this last week, the Bills, the Packers, Saints. If he's not going to just kind of be picking and choose where he wants to go, what are you going to do? Now, maybe he might wait until we get to training camp. Maybe a star receiver gets injured and maybe a team might for out of desperation for more money maybe that's what he's waiting for but I just think the sooner you get in you learn a system get your teammates familiar with them you know the easier it's going to be for you to be successful for this one year because basically Dylan it sounds like to me 
He's just trying to get on a team, get paid, get a bunch of numbers, and then when he becomes a free agent next year, he's trying to get more money. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Is he a tryout year? Yeah, and I think with the Baltimore Ravens, that would have been a perfect opportunity for him to try out and to show other teams what he's capable of still because people think that he's uh, not as good as he used to be because of the system he was in last year and the year before that with Dak Prescott. But it's just because, again, Dak Prescott did not know how to throw the ball down the field properly. He didn't have the arm to do so. So it was tough for Des Bryant. I think Des Bryant's numbers reflect that, that it's just quarterback play for him. But I think that the Baltimore Ravens would have been a good landing spot for him. However, it didn't come to fruition. But we'll see which team will decide to pick him up, uh, potentially with injuries happening in uh, training camp and such. So we'll see what happens with that. Now on to the Alliance of American Football League. They announced that Atlanta is a new expansion team. And Coach Brad Childress from the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles, the former offensive coordinator from both those teams, is going to be the head coach. And the offensive coordinator is going to be none other than Michael Vick. Yeah, Dylan, they just announced this today. And I think it's very surprising that, one, they're going to Atlanta, but we're forgetting it's a, technically a spring league that's going to start in February 2019. Because we already started Orlando. They're bringing in Steve Spurrier. There's been rumors that they're trying to get Tim Tebow. We don't know how that's playing out yet. And now we got Atlanta as the second team in that league. They're going to bring in, like you mentioned, Brad Childress, who's an offensive guru type guy who scores a lot of offensive points. And you got Michael Vick, who has a connection with Atlanta because he's his career with the Falcons and his career with that team. He a bond for that city. So I think, Dylan, what this league is trying to do, we don't know the other six teams yet that are going to join this league for next year. But I think what they're trying to do, Dylan, is whatever cities that get announced within the next few months, they're going to try to get a big-name coach for that city that's familiar with that area. And then they're also going to try to get either a star player, like a former star player or a coach or assistant, some player that has a former player that has a connection with that city and to help bring in marketing, media, you know, fans and seats to watch the game. And like I said, as of right now, it's not affiliated with the NFL. It's just a separate football league that's going to focus on getting free agents, draft picks that got undrafted or something, and get players to play, get seasoned up, and get tuned up for when OTAs and the summer comes, when their season's over, and then they'll be free agents to sign with the NFL team. That's what it sounds like to me. So it'll be interesting to follow up, especially here, Dylan, because we're here in Orlando. So um, keep in track, see how, what's the updates with the team. And we'll just see how it goes here when they get their season start over at Spectrum Stadium at UCF. And we look uh, we look forward to seeing Steve Spurrier coaching again, too, head coaching here in Florida, which will be great for ticket sales. I think that people will come to these games because of Steve Spurrier's name. And like you said, I think they're picking players that used to play for that city or, or are from that city to be the names to bring people in. I think they're doing a great job so far with two cities announced and six more to go. I think they have a really, really good shot of making this successful if they keep using the same formula they've used so far. So going into that, which city do you think is the next landing spot for one of these teams in the Alliance of American Football League? That's a lot of speculation, but if I had to guess as options, they're kind of starting in the Southeast. So I would guess Memphis. I think Memphis would be a, a good option. You know, Memphis, you know, college sports with Memphis basketball, they're pretty good in the Memphis football team. They've done pretty well in college. So I think Memphis would be a logical choice. 
that they could do. Another option they could do is, okay, you got um, the Carolina Panthers. So down the road in Raleigh, in the uh, east part of North Carolina, you can go there. Um, South Carolina could be an option as well. Greg Greenville, uh, Virginia, like Norfolk, you know, down there in the military, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Newport News. That could be another area. And then you also have Hartford or maybe you go to um, another city like hmm, Des Moines, Iowa. I don't know. They're, they have some options. They just can't compete directly with the NFL. Atlanta, I can understand because, like, like I said, the Spring League and they're going to play at Turner Field. So not like the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So they'll have some options, but we'll see, Dylan. I think that's going to be successful. If they get players, like you mentioned, that are connected to that city, a coach that knows the area, can get players, and if the teams come out you know, fired up and successful, who knows, Dylan? It could be a successful league, and then we'll see how that's going to affect the XFL the following season. Do you think that this league is starting too soon? Because with the XFL, they're giving themselves two years to kind of build the product, um, perfect the product, and then put it on the field. Do you think that the um, Alliance of American Football League decided to start early just to get a head jump, a head start on the XFL to rush a product on the field? And if it screws up, then they'll decide to fix it in the meantime, I guess. I mean, fix it next season? Or do you think that they've got everything, all the kinks ironed out, and that they're going to be successful? As of right now, Dylan, it's too early to tell. I mean, when they first announced that league, that was my impression. They're coming out too soon, right before the XFL and try to compete. I mean, that's the last thing the NFL wants is, I mean, of course, competition, but two leagues trying to kill each other, basically. But at the same time, they got a TV sponsorship, something the XFL doesn't have, even though it's, it's CBS Sports Network. And they have a guy that's putting money in to get the league funded. They have former players like... Heinz Ward and Troy Palomalu involved in the league. So, former NFL players. So, I think, Dylan, the business plan they have is set up for success. The question is, will it be able to execute on their business plan? And right now, Dylan, it's too early to tell. I think once we get close to the NFL finishing up this upcoming season and they get prepped for their season, we'll, we'll see, Dylan. We'll see. But they definitely got a shot. They got a head start. So, we'll see. Pretty All exciting. Right. So there is a report coming out now that Lamar Jackson is not going to be able to play quarterback in the NFL, says an NFL coach. Um, he also states that he's an awesome athlete. He will not be able to play quarterback in the league. Mark my words. When he throws, he hopes. They say that Lamar has got a, has got a good aptitude. He just wasn't given that responsibility in Louisville. And there's a difference between a guy who can't do it and a guy who never was asked to do it but can learn, and he can learn, says another um, offensive coordinator. So do you think that Lamar Jackson will be able to translate his game to the NFL the way they think he's going to, or do you think he's going to be a bust like this NFL coach says? I think it's too early to tell right now, Dylan, because Lamar Jackson – you know, I think the, the way he style he played, okay, it may not be like sexy football that teams like, but I think Dylan, if he gets on a team that can develop him correctly, you can't rush him out. Like that's the last thing you want. Please, Cleveland, don't draft him and then throw him out in the wolves. That's not smart. Give him a couple years, be a backup, learn the system, develop all these great things. Kind of like what Philip Rivers did. And then he come in and he's going to be successful. And I think. We've seen quarterbacks that have tried to make position changes. Uh, I can't remember the quarterback name, but 
he was with Arkansas. He was a quarterback. Then he went to Jaguars. Was a wide receiver, and then it just didn't work out for him. So mm-hmm. he, he was okay the first couple of years, but then it didn't work out. I can't remember the name on top of Ted, but Terrell Pryor. He's another guy who went to Ohio State, went to the NFL, tried to be a quarterback, didn't work out, switched to wide receiver, and he's still in the league. He was with the Redskins this past season. So there's some quarterbacks that can do it, but not all of them are going to be able to do it. They tried to do the same thing with RG3, but he can't. Like, oh, he can't play quarterback. You kidding me? Have him play wide receiver. Now, I know he's had injury issues, but hopefully he'll be able to turn around. And Lamar Jackson, he's a young guy. I think he's going to be a, a good quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be like lighting up an all-star potential, like Teddy Bridgewater, but we'll see. I think Louisville quarterbacks, it's been kind of up and down between the two quarterback, the quarterbacks in Louisville, but it's all about the system. If he gets in a place where he can be a backup, learn the offense, learn the system, like the Colts or maybe Houston because they got Deshaun Watson there, mobile quarterbacks, or some court team that has success with developing mobile quarterbacks like Andy Reid who's at Kansas City. I think that would be a great option for him. So we'll see. Maybe the Patriots. They seem to have the most interest in them. And you know Bill Belichick knows how to develop quarterbacks. He does, yes. And so, And also, you have to think about, too, with a player like Lamar Jackson, I don't necessarily think you need to bring him into a system and make him learn the system. If his way of playing is successful, and he was successful at, at Louisville, um, even though he didn't have much competition day uh, you know every saturday he had competition like alabama and and clemson teams like that i mean you might need to mold the system around lamar jackson instead if if he is the franchise quarterback for a team out there say the new england patriots after tom brady leaves they'll need a quarterback um, to fill those shoes, and if Lamar, Jack- Lamar-, Lamar Jackson's the answer, they want him to be successful. So at that point, it might not necessarily mean that you have to teach him the system. It might mean that the system has to learn how to play around Lamar Jackson if he's going to be your franchise quarterback. So you have to look at that. But also, do you think Lamar Jackson is Terrell Pryor 2.0? Do you think he will go into the NFL as a quarterback, and do you see him playing quarterback? Let's say this. After year three, he's been in the league for three years. Do you still see him playing quarterback or do you see him playing another position? I think Lamar Jackson will still be a quarterback, especially at Louisville with the offense they learned, Dylan. It's it's a pro-style offense, scoring a lot of points. Now, granted, it was the ACC, so it's a tough league with teams like Miami and Florida State, Clemson. But Lamar Jackson has proven it. He's stats. His stats proved it in college. And he also won the Heisman Trophy. So, Lamar Jackson, I think, like you said, I agree that maybe he could start. But I feel personally that it's best that he just gets developed, learns his And quarterbacks, anytime there's a threshold quarterback that's not the norm in a quarterback, Dylan, they change the game. We saw it with John Elway when he came to the league. We saw it with Michael Vick when he came to the league with the Atlanta Falcons. And we've seen it. Well, Tim Tebow didn't work out so well, but... I know he, he was another Heisman Trophy, Johnny Heisman, or Johnny Manziel, of course, didn't work out. So it's been hit and miss in those areas. But I think Lamar Jackson has that uh, opportunity to, to do it, Dylan. I really think he does. But I think we're on the same page. As you said, Michael Vick was one of the last players who actually evolutioned, uh, or revolutionized um, the quarterback position. And I, I agree with you. I don't think there's been another quarterback in the league that's been able to do that. So we'll just have to see if Lamar Jackson can fill those shoes of Michael Vick. 
and become that player that will revolutionize the position and change the position um, so that other quarterbacks will mold their game um, as Lamar Jackson's game. So we'll see what happens um, in the coming in the coming years when it comes to his career. Yeah, Dylan, and don't forget, there's other quarterbacks that are still in the league. Well, not Colin Kaepernick, but there's some that were question marks and managed to develop their game like you were mentioning, suiting their needs. Like we saw what Carolina did with Cam Newton or what the Seahawks did. Remember, Russell Wilson, when he got picked, he was what, a, a third, fourth-round pick? And he yeah, beat he Matt Flynn to the starting job, and he's short. He's not tall, and he's won a Super Bowl for the Seahawks. Well, Matt Flynn wasn't tall either. I know, Matt, I know. Matt Flynn was a pretty short guy too. <laughs> but they gave him all that money, and after one year, they kicked him out of Seattle. So I'm just saying, it, like, it could work like you said. If they develop around his talents, he could be successful. Maybe Miami could do it. Who knows? Maybe so. All right, let's move on to the basketball news. The NBA playoffs, uh, they're winding down in the first round, and it looks like the Sixers won their series last night over the Heat, and the Celtics look to close out the Bucks tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, so as of right now, Golden State is in the second round. We see the Sixers in the second round, and we see the Pelicans in the second round. Which team is the next team to go and move forward to the second round? I think the next team is going to be Houston because <laughs> well. they play tonight against the T-Wolves. And I think Houston will be at home. The Rockets, James Harden, them, they're going to get it done. They will beat T-Wolves. They will be the next team to advance. Uh, I'm still be debating about the Thunder and the Jazz because that's been, to me, Dylan, the biggest surprise. The Jazz have took it to the Thunder, and the Thunder are down 3-1. But I think they will bounce back. But they got to get that that big three group sorted out together on the court because they've been struggling, Dylan, real bad. And the Thunder have to turn around the series. Otherwise, they're going to be out. And it's going to be disappointing, disappointing. I'm not sure it's going to affect, like, Billy Donovan, the coach. I'm not saying he's going to lose his job. But when you have three all-stars and you can't get past the first round, that's not good. Well, the thing is, with Billy Donovan, he's been there for so long now that he's been there as long as Russell Westbrook has. So... I think that you'll have to look at his coaching at a certain point. I mean, Kevin Durant left under his watch, mm -hmm. and they haven't been able to advance past, what, first round or second round of the playoffs? Not only that, Dylan, the Thunder have really struggled stopping Ricky Rubio and Derek Favor. They have really struggled to stop those guys. Yeah, so it's a very interesting, intriguing series, and they... Uh, it might be the end end all be all tonight for uh, Utah Jazz and the Thunder. Thunder might be going home tonight, so they have to win this game to keep the series going. Do you think they'll win tonight to advance the series? Well, they'll win tonight to get to another game, but I don't think they're. Gonna, I can't see them doing come back from three one to win the series. It looks like the Jazz are going to advance out of this round, which is going to stink for my bracket because I didn't pick them. But hey, the Warriors did it, so. I think that they have the chance to do so as well. No, not the Warriors. I'm sorry. So, the Cleveland the Cleveland Cavaliers came up. No, Cleveland up. was down 2-1. Uh, so now it's 2-2. Two, two. No, I'm not saying for this year. I'm saying in the past. Oh, in the Cleveland, oh, yeah. When Cleveland played Golden State, I think it was, what, two years ago when they yeah, actually they, won? they're down 3-1 they and they down, came back and won. They're down 3-1. Yeah. Yep. See, I, I know a little bit about <laughs> basketball. Come on. Come on. No, I got you. Well, speaking <laughs> of the Cavaliers, they're playing the Pacers right now. Right now they're down 13-9, but... The win, this is a pivotal game, Dylan, because we got two Game 5 big ones. The Pacers and the Cavaliers, and you got the Wizards 
and the Raptors. The winners of Game 5 in the NBA playoffs, Dylan, win 83% of the time. So for the Pacers, this is huge, Dylan, because if they win, because they've been really pressuring up LeBron James. And I think, Dylan, all those years going to the finals, it's catching up to him. It is. He can't carry the team right it now. Is. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, he had several games uh, back-to-back where he was playing the entire second half of the game. And it, LeBron just can't do that. I mean, he, he is... He is a monster. He is a beast when he's playing basketball. But even a beast has his limits. And I think LeBron is reaching that limit now this series. I think he knows now that the team that's around him is not the team that's going to be winning the finals this year. I don't think, even if LeBron decides to carry this team through round one and then go to round two, I still don't think that they're going to be able to reach the NBA finals and win this year. Even if they do make the NBA Finals, I don't think they're going to beat whoever they play up against. Whether it be Houston, whether it be Golden State, uh, whether it be, I mean, anybody. Well, play Boston in the next round. Yeah. And I, or I the don't, Sixers. They and I, I, don't see, I don't see that happening, um, especially with the Sixers, the way they're playing right now. I mean, I think with Sixers, with Joel Embiid coming Joel back. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick. I mean, the Sixers are for real, man. They're for real. Yeah, and I think that this year might be their year. This year might be the year for them to at least get to the finals, if not win it all. So with that team, I mean, I think they have a really good shot of doing so, especially if they play up against the Cleveland Cavaliers, because the Cavaliers are just garbage right now. If LeBron James was not on that court, this series would be over already. No, I agree with you out there, Dylan. And the other big series, the Raptors and the Wizards, John Wall was fired up because he was saying, oh, the Raptors players said we were going to lose, and we tied the series. Ha ha. So now we're going to your place. So it's tied 2-2. Right now, the Raptors are up 23-19. But I still think, Dylan, the Raptors are going to end up winning that series. They'll advance to the next round. The series that everyone's been talking about, the Trailblazers getting swept by the Pelicans. I totally did not see that coming. Dylan. Anthony Davis and Cousins, those guys carried that team and swept the Trailblazers. So surprise there. And then, of course, well, not really surprised with everything that's going on in San Antonio right now. But my Spurs, well, I said we would win one game. And we won one game. And well, that's now we're good. out. That's good. <laughs> After last night losing to the Golden State Warriors 99-91. to uh, game four, Dylan, Ginobili and, and Parker. It's like the lightning of old, lightning in the bottle. They came back and carried us to win that game, but they couldn't do it in game five. And a lot of people are speculating what's going to happen with Spurs now with the future. A lot of people, Dylan, are saying we're done. And I'm like, whoa, guys, time out, time out. Okay, guys, calm down. We're done in the playoffs, yes, but don't put a fork and say, oh, Spurs are done and we're just going to be a rebuilding team like the Phoenix Suns. No offense, Suns fans. But... Uh, <laughs> But look, I think the Spurs is to be determined right now, okay? Because we got a lot going on, okay? Kawhi Leonard, they announced today that our first priority is to try to convince Kawhi Leonard to come back next season. Even though, in my opinion, Dylan, I think if they can't reconcile that relationship, you got to trade him. Do you see that happening, though? Do you see them actually reconciling things and deciding to come back next year? I don't see it, Dylan. They're going to have to move him. Not only that, Dylan, Tony Parker's 36. He's going to be a free agent. Manu Ginobili, he's going to be 40. I'm expecting he's going to probably He's going to retire. retire. Yeah, he's going to retire. Okay. Greg Popovich, after everything that happened with him and his, his wife passed away last week, we don't know yet if he's going to... If he's I going think to he'll still be there. Mm-hmm. I, I think Greg will still be there. I think that, you know, it's going to take a lot to get Pop out of the league. I don't think he's done quite yet. Um, and I don't think he wants to end on this note. I think he wants to end on a high note. I think he can end on a high note. 
but without the services of Kawhi Leonard and Manu Ginobili. Manu Ginobili's retiring this year. Let's just face it. I mean, I, I think he's stuck with this team long enough now to try to get that second, try to get another ring. Um, because once, once Tim, uh, Tim, Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan left. Thank you. Once <laughs> Tim Duncan left, um, it was lights out for the Spurs. I, I think that they just didn't have a shot to get to that position again because they didn't have a big man anymore. So um, a big man like Tim, ha- uh, Tim Duncan. So I mean, I think that. It's it's time for that team to reevaluate things. I'm not saying they're rebuilding, um, but they do need to get some younger players in there. And this summer will be a huge deal for the Spurs. And you know maybe they might get a free agent if they get a big free agent this summer. Imagine if LeBron James went to the Spurs. Imagine that. Like that organization would be revitalized, and that organization will probably make it to the finals next year. Oh, yeah, that's pretty much a guarantee with LeBron James, the way he's been playing, getting your team to the finals every year. And like you mentioned, uh, Ross forgot to mention, Pau Gasol, he's 38, so he, he might retire too. So I agree, Dylan, the Spurs, with this older cast of players, some of them are going to move on, some might move on to different teams. But the Spurs are going to not rebuild, but revamp the roster. I think they're going to get younger players, especially because their G League team, the Austin Toros, I'm sorry, Austin Spurs. That's what they used to be. The Austin Spurs won the G League title, so a lot of those players are expecting them to come up to the team next season. And they're going to get whoever's playing in Europe. I don't know. The Spurs, Popovich knows them a lot better than I do. They're going to bring those players to Europe from to the Spurs to get them better. And the Spurs, as long as Popovich is still there, I think they will be competitive, Dylan. They will still be competitive. We may not be dominating the West anymore like we used to, but we're still going to be fighting for the playoffs. And the Spurs, after 22 straight seasons to make the playoffs, Dylan, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, exactly. So let's move on to some hockey news. The Stanley Cup playoffs are in full swing as well. And there's one last game in round one that's going to be played tonight. It's actually being played right now. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Boston Bruins. Now, Toronto has won the past two games to get to this point in the first place. Yeah, they came back from 3-1. Yes. 3-1 so, so at this point, at game seven... Just crunch time for Toronto. Playing in Boston, do you think they can win three games in a row to beat the Boston Bruins to go to round two? I think, Dylan, last I checked, Boston hasn't had a good history with game sevens. Sounds like my capitals. But uh, oh. but uh, the Bruins, Dylan, they've lost two straight games. The Maple Leafs, they've pretty much been very physical in the series. Austin Matthews has carried that team. Frederick Anderson, their goalie, has made stunning saves to keep the Maple Leafs in that series, especially with everything that's been going on in Toronto lately. Um, so, good to see that Toronto is getting behind this team, getting behind the other sports teams like the Raptors and the, the Blue Jays and, of course, the Sox team, Toronto FC. So, they got a busy night up there tonight in Toronto. But I think, Dylan, usually, I think, what, the home team is usually the favorites to win Game 7s. But I have a gut feeling, though, that Toronto is going to win this series. And they will play, the beat of team that plays Tampa Bay Lightning in the next round. I mean, Mike Babcock, he's got that team playing very well defensively, and they have beaten the Bruins the last two games out of every phase. And the Bruins, Dylan, they won the first two games, blow them out. But I think the Maple Leafs have learned. It's a young team, and they're going to turn around and come back and win that series. That's who I'm thinking is going to win. Well, if you look at the record of... Game uh, series clinching 
scenarios for the career of Tuka Rask, which is the starting goaltender for Boston. I believe he is like something like 5-13 and 13 in his career when it comes to series-clinching games. And we saw it last week, I mean, or the last game they played two days ago, um, that it was not a good showing for Tuka Rask. I think that he, he let too many pucks get by him. Um, he just wasn't as sharp as he had been in the series so far. And so I think the pressure gets to him. I think that with Boston, that team is such an... I wouldn't say an old roster, but it's getting there. And they have a lot of... They got Daniel Charo, you got Marshan. They have a lot of got, miles in their tires. Yeah. They definitely do. So each player on that Patrice team... Patrice Bergeron. It's just an older roster. And I think that's what happened with Chicago, too, mostly, is that their their roster, they just got so old with the roster. Well, what Chicago did was they traded for the old... Bring the old band back together, like Side and Patrick Sharp and all these guys, and it just didn't work out. No, it didn't. Uh, so with Boston... Like I said, this team is aging not very well. Um, and you look at Toronto. Toronto's a very quick team, very young team, very sharp team. Uh, Tyler Matthews, man. I mean, Austin Matthews. I'm sorry. Austin Matthews. I don't know where Tyler came from. <laughs> Austin Matthews is a phenomenal player. Uh, he's been He's been the one to drive this team to where they are right now in Game 7. So... I think if that team with Patrick Marlowe as their veteran presence on that team. Oh, yeah. He's been a huge addition. For he's that been team. a huge addition for that team. San Jose is definitely weeping um, not having him in their playoff series. I don't think so. They made the next round. They made the next <laughs> round, but let's, let's don't read too much into that. Anaheim spent a lot of energy in the last 10 games or so in the regular season to get to the playoffs. So I think San Jose had a pretty easy series um, if you look at all the other series. But I think that... With this Toronto team, I do believe that Toronto is going to give Boston a run for its money tonight. Do I think they will beat Boston? The jury's still out on that one. I, I, I It's hard for me to go against Boston because of the success they've had, because of the playoff experience they've had, because of Brad Marchand, even though people hate him, and I do as well. But, I mean, hey, he's a good player. He's a good catalyst for that team. I think that Boston could still get over the hump tonight. Do I think that they'll be successful in round two after having this showing? Probably not, because they've had to play seven games, and like I said, it's an aging roster. So we'll just have to see, but as of right now, it's very, very hard to me to go up against Boston um, in this series. So I'm going to pick Boston to win this series tonight in game seven at home. So uh, let's move on to our recap of the first round. Let's talk about your Washington Capitals for a second. So give us a little breakdown of what happened in that series. Well, last time we talked, the Capitals came back from 2-0 to tie series 2-2. And in Game 5, the Capitals, typical game, you know, have the lead. The Blue Jackets fight back. We go to overtime, and everybody's on the edge of their seats. And then of all people, Nicholas Backstrom, finally, after like four games, gets the game-winning goal, gives us that critical Game 5 win that put us up in the series. And then in Game 6, Dylan, we just went and had a, a killer instinct. Winning for the kill and like, nope, let's get this series over with and get ready for Pittsburgh. So, game six, I watched it on Monday. Uh, Stephon uh, got a good goal, and then you got Alex Ovechkin, of course, got two goals, and Holpe played really well in that game. And we won the game 6 3. And John Tortorella, he guaranteed after that loss in game five, oh, we're going back for game seven. Don't worry, we'll be back here. But the Capitals had other ideas. <laughs> we're like, nope, we're going to get it over with and don't have to have those fans on the edge of seats anymore. 
at least for this round. So, congrats to the Capitals. We did it. We were moving on to the next round to face off the Pittsburgh Penguins, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, they beat the Devils, so they're through. They'll play the winner between the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Dylan, your Preds, what happened last Friday, man? Did they just get some 420 up for the abs? Or I don't know what happened, man. I thought the Hamburglar, gonna... he stole that game. He stole that game. Colorado went too high on the Hamburglar <laughs> because obviously the Hamburglar was not their savior like they thought he was because he gave up five goals. And... Well, what's crazy, Dylan, was in game five, I mean, we, me and you watched the Alehouse the first two periods, and then I saw the highlights, what happened, but your boy... Nick Benino, 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 Benino. There's that Scored man that. again. <laughs> I'm glad he's not haunting me anymore. But <laughs> he's haunting the Avalanche. He is. He got the first goal. He and is. And then the Avs scored to tie the game. And then McKinnon got that goal late with, like, what, less than two minutes? For them to steal that game. Like I said, Hamburger, he stole that game. But in game six, Hamburger came back to earth. Yeah, he did. He came out to earth real quick and plopped on the ground. Um, I'm telling you, Pecorine, he had an awful showing in Colorado. The first game against Colorado in Colorado in Game 3, he gave up four goals in a matter of a period and two minutes, maybe. Um, maybe two minutes into the second period, that's when he got pulled from that game. But then after that game, listen to this, the following three games after that, Pecorine allowed only four goals to get past him. Four in three games. Absolutely phenomenal. He has a great performance, and I think that he'll carry that momentum into the next series against the Winnipeg Jets. They have landed in Nashville. They will be playing against Nashville in Friday on Friday. Uh, will be the first game, and I'm excited to see what happens in this series. This will be a Stanley Cup final, uh, in essence. I think this is these are two of the best teams in the NHL, if not two of the top teams uh, in the NHL, and I think that. These teams will put everything on the ice. I think this will be a long series. I, I, I would not be surprised if it went to Game 7 in this series because it's going to be a very, very brutal series. It's going to be like the Anaheim Ducks series last year. Don't be surprised if a National Predator gets injured in this in this series because you see Bufflin on the ice. You see Patrick Laine on the ice. You see all these players that Winnipeg has, and they're very, very mean. They're very, very dirty. Yeah, um, in in terms of their hits, I mean, I'm not saying they're dirty players, but they do have some big hits, um, and they're a good offensive team. I think there's going to be, and it's going to be goalie versus goalie as well. I, I think that yeah, two Vezina Trophy finalists, Hellebuck against Pekarini. I think it's going to be a really good series. Uh, I think it's going to go down to the wire. Is it going to be a good series for me? Am I going to have hair after this series? Probably not, but I have to say it's going to be a very interesting series. And hopefully the Predators can come out on top. And if they do that, I think it'll be smooth sailing from then on out. All right, Dylan. And then the other series that will start tomorrow after the Caps pens on Thursday will be the Vegas Golden Knights as they make their return against the San Jose Sharks. Now, both of those teams swept their first round opponents. So, Dylan, how do you think this second round series can go? Is it going to be a sweep or are we going to actually have like a real battle, seven-game series. I think we're having a real battle in this in this situation. I think the Sharks are a very gritty team. I think they're a very strong team. Yeah, they got Vander Kane and Joe Thornton, all those guys there still. Heavy hitters Martin on Jones, that team, too. Martin Jones, their goalie, has been solid, so yes. really good. Yes, Marc-Andre. That's going to be another goaltender battle as well. Martin Jones versus Marc-Andre Fleury. 
I think that this this series is going to be a long one as well. I think that the Golden Knights may be too rested in this situation. I mean, both teams uh, had a pretty long break in between the first round and second round because they swept their opponents. But I think that the Sharks have more veteran presence to jump over jump over that obstacle, hurdle that obstacle of. Um, of having too much rest. And so I think they know what to do in the second round to propel their game. I think that the Golden Knights will have their hands full in this series. And I do think that it could be a possible Game 7 situation. But in the end, I think that San Jose will have the the most playoff experience. So hopefully I'm right about this one, finally. I think San Jose will finally take care of the Vegas Golden Knights in the playoffs and potentially in a Game 7 situation. All right, Dylan, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, you, you think who, no matter who they play, they're going to beat a team advancing out of the next round, you think, right? Um, We'll, we'll see. I They've mean, done really well. Uh, Veseleski's done really well. Kaloran, of course, Stamkos. The, the Lightning, I think, are pretty good, man. The biggest plus for Tampa Bay is that Stamkos did not get injured in round one. That's the biggest plus they had going into uh, the second round. So as long as he stays healthy, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll do good in the second round. Um, but either team, I, I think it's, this is when it gets really tough for teams. Is round two. Round two, getting into the Stanley Cup, fi- getting into the conference final uh, anyway. I think that it's, it's a really hard test, and um, it'll be a hard test for several teams this series. I think Tampa Bay might have their hands full with it. Whatever team they go up against, especially against Toronto for being such a young team, and such a quick team. So we'll see what happens there. Now, let's move on to JT's favorite segment of the week. It's the football recap of the week. And JT, the microphone's all yours. Thanks, Dylan. All right, so for my weekend recap, the FA Cup Finals all set as Manchester United and Chelsea will be the two teams battling up for the FA Cup over in England. And of course, in Serie A, the race is on as Napoli defeated Juventus this past weekend. So now Napoli's behind one point as they try to win their first Scudetto title in a long time. So this will be very interesting, Dylan, and we'll follow up what's going on in the European action. For Orlando City, Dylan, Orlando City won their fourth game in a row, Dylan, as they defeated the San Jose Earthquakes 3-2 to this past weekend. It was a very sub game from a goal from Chris Mueller, who his nickname is Cash, apparently. Sasha Kleiston, he got his first goal, and Dom Dwyer got another goal. Of course, San Jose scored two goals late, but uh, in breaking news, the Toronto Maple Leafs just scored. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Marlowe, baby. That's right. Oh, man. Patrick Marlowe on the power play. Wow, wow. So, yes. So, Orlando City, they won four in a row. Orlando City will be taking on the Colorado Rapids on Sunday. Orlando Pride also was a winner this week, the ladies, with a goal from Juma Obagego. As she got a goal for the Pride for get them the win. First win for the season for the Pride. And we move up to sixth place. The ladies will be taking on the Seattle Rain this weekend. All right, Dylan, on to some soccer news. And the big soccer news that happened this week was the Champions League. So yesterday, Mohamed Salah for Liverpool scored two critical goals as Liverpool just blew out AS Roma 5-2 to two in the first leg. And in today's game, Bayern Munich was playing Real Madrid. And Real Madrid came back from a 1-0 hole to win that game 2-1 in the first leg the second leg will be next week we'll see who comes out but I'm still predicting Liverpool and Real Madrid to be the two teams in the final that will play on May 26th 
Dylan, your boys, Nashville SC, they played yesterday against Penn SC, got a nil-nil draw. They're still hanging in there in the top of the USL in the Eastern Conference, certainly sitting in eighth place. Nashville's not playing this weekend, so we'll keep you guys updated on how their progress this season. For games to watch this weekend, Dylan, we got a bunch of good games. So games I recommend you to watch, Manchester United against Arsenal on Sunday at 11.30. It's going to be NBCSN. And then my other big game to watch this week is Fiorentina in Serie A as they take on Napoli. Napoli can get another win. They're playing at 12 o'clock on BN Sports. And now we'll conclude, Dylan, my football recap of the week. Let's move on to some miscellaneous news. So Aaron Rodgers purchased a minority owner stake in the Milwaukee Bucks um, this past week, which is fantastic for him, and betting himself into the state of Wisconsin by owning a, a minor stake of uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Also, the NHL announced this week that for next season, teams will be selling in-ice advertising in the four rink corners during home games, which is actually pretty cool for local businesses. They, they have the option to potentially buy some sponsorship and some advertising in those rinks, which is very, very good for them. And also, some of the biggest news that came out of Orlando this week, the Orlando Solar Bears on Saturday night punched their ticket to the second round of the Kelly, Club play- Kelly Cup playoffs against the South Carolina Stingrays this weekend with a 4-0 sweep in the series. Now they're heading to round two against the Florida Everblades, which congratulations to them. Hopefully they'll be able to continue the success in the second round. However, the Florida Everblades are a very tough opponent, and uh, we'll see what happens in that series. Hopefully we can go to another game. I went to the game, uh, game four on Saturday, which was a lot of fun. I actually enjoyed myself thoroughly. Um, and Bailey actually came with me too, and it was a very, very fun series to watch. So, um, congrats to the uh, Orlando Solar Bears, and hopefully they continue that success in round two. Not only that, the Florida Everblades are the defending Kelly Cup champions, so this is gonna be a big test for the Solar Bears. Big test for them. So we'll see if they are able to come out of that series and head on to the Kelly Cup playoffs uh, finals. Anyway, so let's go to winners and losers. JT, I'll start with you first. Thanks, Dylan. So my winner this week is going to be the Commission of College Basketball, which is run by Connelly's and Rice, as they make recommendations to the NCAA to put lifetime ban on coaches who have done like bribery or pay money, losses, that kind of stuff. And they're also recommending to end the one-and-done rule, which I think is ridiculous. Like, look, if the kid's good enough to play basketball and he's coming out of high school, let him play. Or I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to do like baseball or hockey where you have agents, you have leads, and you can have – players go in the draft, get drafted, and still play in college. So I think that's what they're trying to work on. So hopefully they'll work on that, Dylan. They don't know about what they're going to pay the players, but that's another issue that they'll work on eventually. At least they're talking about it. That's the most important thing for me. So that's my winner this week. My loser this week is the Columbus Blue Jackets coach, John Tortorella, for guaranteeing there will be a Game 7 at the Capital One Arena. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Come on, John. You know guarantees are... You cannot guarantee them if you don't prove it. Ovechkin did it. We were going to down 2-0. We are going to tie the series and go back in game five. We did it. You guaranteed game seven, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Come on, man. Come on, man. But John Torella, tomorrow is game one between the Caps and Pens, so you can come to that game. Yeah, because you're free now. You you're might have to buy a ticket, golf. but you can come to that game. Yeah, you'll, you'll buy a ticket. It's fine. He so he's money my for it. loser this week. Dylan, who are your winners and losers? My winner this week is the city of Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia is already on a high because they won the Super Bowl this year with the Philadelphia Eagles. And Villanova won the college basketball championship. Villanova won the college football, uh, college, uh, college basketball championship. Now you have the Philadelphia 76ers 
in the playoffs, going to round two in the NBA. So they are potentially a team to beat when it comes to the playoffs this year. And they might even make it to the finals. And if they win, that'll be a third championship they have for the city. And then you look at the Philadelphia Phillies. They're actually doing very well this season too. This season so far, they are 14-8 and eight on the season. So they're playing very, very well in Philadelphia. I, I don't know what it is about the water there in Philadelphia, but for some reason, it, it's like the apocalypse happened. Everything happened at once, and all these sports teams from Philadelphia are doing very, very well. And we'll see if this can actually be continued success or it's just a one-year anomaly. But either way, I'm sure the city of Philadelphia is very, very excited about that. So that's my winner this week. Yeah, the Flyers certainly can use some of that water, man. Well, they didn't get any, so. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry. The Flyers, I think they'll be back next season. They just need to get a goalie. That's what they need. Yeah. And I think that Couturier actually had a, a torn MCL yep. playing in the last two games of that series. Uh, he scored a hat trick. The yep. last game the last of the series, game. he scored a hat trick and he got two assists in that game <laughs> with a torn MCL. I don't think he would have been able to go to round two anyway because, I mean, that injury is pretty devastating. I think that he would have if I would have caught up to him if he had tried to go to round two. But still, uh, phenomenal by Couturier to play in that, in that condition. So my loser this week is the Cleveland Browns because always it's Cleveland Browns. But and if they're just considering actually using the number one pick for a quarterback – Instead of Saquon Barkley, the arguably the best player in the draft this season, I would have to say this to Cleveland, you're an idiot. Why do you think that drafting somebody other than Saquon Barkley, a, a very, very solid draft pick this year in the draft, that you think it'd be okay? Especially having five quarterbacks in the top of the, bra- of, uh, in the, top of the draft this year that you have to choose from. So I think there's more issues with trying to pick one of those five quarterbacks than it is trying to pick Saquon Barkley. So I Cleveland Browns are my loser this week. So final thoughts, JT. Just final thoughts of the Washington Capitals. It's, it's now and never, man. I know Burakowski, he, we don't know his stats for the series, but I think the Capitals, Dylan, will give fight. They're going to play much better and give the Penguins everything they can handle. It's going to definitely go seven games. That's a guarantee. I will guarantee you on that. It's going seven games. But I don't know, Dylan. I, I'm still on the fence on whether we're going to beat the Penguins or not. If if we lose to the Penguins, Dylan, you know what's happening. Penguins will probably win the Cup again. Oh, well, nah, I think they won it to say every about time they beat us. But if my Capitals do it, man, it's going to be cloud nine DC, and everyone's going to be excited and believing in this team. So hopefully Barry Trotz, man, do it. Get the job done. And Ovechkin... I can't wait, my friend. So my final thought goes out to the welcome homies once again. We actually won by forfeit last night. The other team didn't have enough players to play, so therefore we are 7-1 and one on the season. We have a seven-game win streak right now. We're going into our final um, regular season game next Tuesday, and then the following Tuesday we actually have a rainout game we have to make up, so we'll actually have two games to end the series, uh, end the season anyway, and go into the postseason, so we'll keep you updated on that. So thanks for listening to the show once again, guys. You can always follow us on Facebook, at Abounds with Dylan James. Our Twitter account is OOB Podcast. You can also email me at Dylan at aboundspodcast.com for any uh, tips, suggestions, comments, concerns, things about this show to make this show better so we can make it better for you every single season. And JT, what is your social media handle, sir? Oh, I forgot to mention I got my Caps ties today. Oh, look Something at that. Something I'll wear next week. But anyway, for social media, you can follow me on Twitter at JTSaka88. That's at JTS. 
OCKA88. You can follow me on Instagram at JT Soccer Sports. And you can also send me an email. It's JT at outofboundspodcast.com. Also, you can follow us on WBLZ Sports every single Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. Um, always on there. And we usually broadcast a few other times too, but they just replay our show for us. And also, we'll be changing the schedule for that pretty soon. We'll be talking to the producer over there, so hopefully we can get a better date since JT and I actually have aligned off days now. So we can actually record our show earlier in the week. So maybe a Tuesday or Wednesday we'll be broadcasting on WBLZ instead of on Saturdays. So thanks for listening to the show once again this week, guys, and we will talk to you next week. Seven Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderan from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball. Get you the ball. WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.